0: Lightning finally struck as the Rangers lost game three in heartbreaking fashion in the final minute. The series is now 2-1 Rangers. Can they hold the Lightning off? Do they win game four in Tampa? Can they win this series? We'll ask the Post, Larry Brooks. It's Ron Duguay, Molly Walker, me, Jake Brown, on Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post
1: next Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Edmund.
2: Slot shot, score! Andre Palat makes it 3-2, to two. Tampa Bay! Cleared out by Sorelli, who looks up at the clock and realizes Tampa Bay is going to win. It's first game in this
0: series. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. That highlight you heard courtesy of ESPN after a gut-wrenching loss from the Rangers as Andre Palat scores a goal with 41.6 seconds to go to hand the Rangers a 3-2 loss, and now this is a 2-1 series let's welcome in the host of up in the blue seats before larry brooks of the new york post joins us later in the program that would be the queen of the post she is down in sunny tampa about to go jet skiing she's living her dj cal at best life that would be molly walker and her co-host rangers great number 10 ron Gay. ron you were down watching in Florida. Gut-wrencher,
2: tough way to lose game three down there. Yes, I am in Florida. Um, having said that, I didn't know what to expect in game three because I wanted to see what Tampa Lightning was going to bring, where they were going to le- elevate their game and how the Rangers were going to respond. And I got to tell you, with the way the Rangers started and how the Lightning didn't control the game, I really felt like, wow, I'm seeing a team, the Rangers, who can beat the Lightning And after what we saw with the Lightning destroying the Panthers, I'm thinking, you know what? This is not the team that I thought it was. So having said that, I watched this game and I'm thinking, yeah, I think I'm going to be wrong. And so will Molly, because we both thought, you know what? After what we saw previous to this round, we thought that the Lightning were going to beat the Rangers, possibly in five or six. But now my mind has changed, even though they lost that game, a tough one to lose because – it almost would have guaranteed a win and move on to the finals. But I love how the Rangers are playing. They're playing with so much confidence. And the Lightning are struggling to answer. They had some good bounces. They There were times where they controlled the play a little bit. But I like how the Rangers look right now. I love their confidence. And I'm believing that the Rangers are going to win this round after what I've seen in Game 3. Molly, your
1: thoughts? After the Rangers went up 2 nothing in, in Game 3, there was panic. On the lightning bench, you could feel it. You could see it in John Cooper's face. There was panic. It really was there. And they didn't even know what to do. But that's when the desperation of this championship team really kicked in. And that's and it was a battle of the power plays, battle of the special teams last night. And you know, some games just, you know, they just turn out that way, but Had it not have been that way, who knows what would have happened? The Rangers might have been able to have pulled one out. And I do think that aside from the third period, they did play well enough to win, especially because Tampa looked 10 times better than they did in games one and two. That was the real lightning team that I think all of us have just been waiting and waiting and waiting to see. And they finally showed up. But the Rangers, through the first two periods, skated right with them. They really did. Yeah, it might, may have seen that Tampa controlled the bulk of the p- possession and such, but it was still a 2 nothing game, and then a 2-1 game, and then, yeah, a 2-2 game. And then Andre Palat steals it at the, at the last possible second. And the Lightning, based on how they played in the third period, definitely deserved to win that one. But like you said, Ron, I, I'm totally right there with you. They can win this series. And I think they know that they can win this series, and that's how they ju- that's just how they need to play going forward is knowing in their – hearts minds and in their legs that they can beat these defending champions
0: guys let's talk about that final goal because Molly you were in the post game presser and Chris Kreider who's played kind of the captain role despite not having the C in his chest after the game he kind of put his hand in front of Mika Zabanajad's microphone like his big brother to kind of take some blame for that goal in the final second so let's hear what they had to say
2: Mika the the game-winning goal uh
3: I think we have to acknowledge what a great pass that is by Kucherov to make that play but um what, from your perspective, what did you see there? What, you know, Anything you look back on hindsight and say, oh, well, maybe I could have done this? Anything at all? Or Chris, the, you want to answer I got to get too? the puck out. Um, I'm
2: puck watching. I should have came and planted. Um, instead of filtering a little bit too far back to the net, puck goes over my head, take a swing at it. It was probably almost the high sticking penalty um, if I get to my position, throw the brakes on. Um, and there was everyone was, was accounted for. I didn't need to kind of over back check and take myself that close to the paint if I'm planted comes right to me put the puck on the ice get it out
0: Molly your reaction being there live seeing that from Dan Rosen's question
1: just what a special moment honestly what a quintessential Chris Kreider moment I think just the way that he put the back of his hand right to the side of Mika Zibanejad as if to say no no you're not answering this question I'm answering this question and I'm taking full responsibility and that's exactly what Chris Kreider did when he opened his mouth. And that is something that we've seen from Chris Kreider this entire season. And when it comes to Mika Zabanejad in particular, Chris is so incredibly protective of him and so incredibly passionate about shielding him from any sort of criticism that he doesn't deserve I remember in the first round when obviously Mika Zabanajed was having a bit of a tough start to the playoffs, wasn't producing as much as I'm sure he would like to have been. And Mika was asked about it in a pregame press conference and Chris was angry at the question. He was so angry and he just went on like a 10 minute tangent about all the intangibles that Mika Zabanajed brings to this team. How even if he's not lighting up the score sheet, he is a two-way guy. He's playing well defensively. He's still making things happen out there. And he just went on and on and on. It's just all, every positive thing that he could say about Mika Jad, because, it, I mean, they're, they're such good friends. Everybody can see it. They can, you can see it in the way that they hug at the, end of the, at the end of games. And he just, they're such good friends. And Chris just won't let Mika take the fall. He won't let Mika be the punching bag at all. And like you said, Jake, that is just Captain Chris Kreider without the C. And that is just who he has been this entire season. If the Rangers get to the Cup, win the Stanley Cup, it should be Chris Kreider who goes and picks the Stanley Cup up first. That's just, I think that the entire Rangers team would agree with that statement because I really do think that that's just quintessential Chris Kreider right there. And, and just what a special moment to be there for and see in person. It really was was special.
2: Molly, one of the takeaways from this game was how the Lightning, one of their game plans, was to interfere or kind of throw Sterkin off his game because he's, Probably their most valuable player, and we started to see some of that. And I think that's one of the things that uh, Coach Jerry Gallant talked about in the post game. What do you make of of what they're doing? Do you think that it's really part of the game? It's part of playoff hockey. Yeah, you're going to have a little bit of goalie interference, but to me, it's really much part of the game. Do you think that they're they're making too much out of this, or should it just be let let it be and let the teams police themselves?
1: That's a good question, Ron. It really is because it was deliberate on Tampa Bay's part. It was very, very deliberate, just in like the smallest ways that you can tell that it was deliberate. You know, the play stops and they're all around, all around the Rangers net and some Tampa player is skating behind Igor through the crease. You know, it it was a conscious decision to do that. And it, it clearly was part of their game plan. And I know John Cooper said that it wasn't, but I mean, like you said, Ron, Igor is their most valuable player by a long shot. And everybody did see in the first round that he can get rattled. It's possible, whether it's the crowd, which that's really all it's been so far. The crowd in Pittsburgh was really the only thing that was able to rattle Igor. But the Lightning probably feel like they need to do something to try and get Igor off of his game. And so that was they were Snow showering him every possible chance that they got. And I know, oh, my God, all the lightning fans are talking about Igor flopping. And look, you know, yes, were there a couple flops in there? Absolutely. But two points to that. One, obviously, he's going to try and get a call because of the way that Tampa is playing around him. And two, I've said this before, and so did Jillian Kemmerer, the KHL reporter we had on here. Igor is a showman. Igor puts on a show in every sense of the word, whether it's just in his play, you know, the way he speaks. He's a showman. He knows how to put on a show, how to make good TV, how to make entertainment. And that's also what I think he was going for. You know, he's trying to sell the play, trying to sell the call. And that's just part of who he is as a player, I think. But it definitely was a tactic by by Tampa for game three, and it probably will carry over into game four. But yes, Gerard Gallant was not happy. He said, I don't like it. I don't think there's like a place for that. And he did say that he's going to, so every game, I saw that there was some confusion about this online because, you know, everyone's calling Gallant a Karen because he's saying he's going to talk to the supervisor. There are supervisors for every series, for every game. There's an NHL, like, member that comes and oversees the game, Kay Whitmore. So he's assigned by the league to oversee the series. He's a former goaltender and now he's the goaltending supervisor for the NHL. So this is, that's a legit thing. You know, Gallant saying I'm talking to the supervisor was not like a weird way to say it. Like that's the proper way to say it.
2: Well, Molly, don't you think when you talk about tactics, don't you think coach Gerard Gallant is using that situation to protect his goaltender because I know Gerard Galan he in the playoff game he would have been that first guy all over a goaltender interfering getting in his face and he understands that I think that he gets it what he's doing is just really trying to protect his goaltender but also uh, let the officials know that they should be calling a little bit more and probably would go their way
1: no for sure and I, I think that there were a lot of penalties in game three, a lot, a lot, a lot. I think there was 10 in total. And yes, Jacob Truba did have three of them, three of the most costly ones for sure. They Tampa scored on two of them. And then the third negated a four minute power play that they had a good portion of it, which was a huge opportunity for the Rangers in the third period. So I'm curious to see if the Rangers make Jacob Trubo available today because we will be requesting him. And they usually do. Jacob Trubo is a very accountable guy. I remember after um, his hit on Sidney Crosby in the first round that knocked him out of part of game five and all of game six, Truba came out the next day and, and talked about it and was forthcoming about it. So I do expect Truba to come out today because um, that'll definitely be a story because he definitely was one of the most costly penalty takers in game three. But I think that, yeah, we're, we're maybe a couple of them were a little undisciplined. I think the first one, I think the first one was kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it's It's up in the air. I think the second one probably was warranted, but it definitely, I think the Rangers do need to play a little bit more disciplined. And Adam Fox was actually talking about how, yeah, they have great special teams and they've had great special teams all year, but the Rangers are at their best when they're able to get in the flow of the game and going back and forth from a couple of minutes of five on five to then being on the penalty kills to then being on the power play. It's a lot. And then the fact that they lost Ryan Strom, you know, that, that top power play unit is at its best when it has. Those guys that have been on it all season. And Filipino was able to step in and, and it was fine, but I think that that top power play unit is definitely going to miss Ryan Strome and the chemistry might not be the same if he's not able to go.
0: Do we know the status of his injury? We know it's a lower body injury, Molly, but do you think we'll see him on Tuesday?
1: I don't know. He came out for one shift in the second period after he left. It looked like a, I don't know if it just hit him in the wrong spot. Didn't look like that hard of a cross check, but it looked like it got him in a bad spot. And he went to the locker room, came back out, took one shift and looked at the trainers when he got off the ice and shook his head and was like, no go. So he was out for the rest of the night. Um, we're going to get a, an update, hopefully, from Gallant later. Whether or not he'll actually say he's ready to go, he'll, he probably won't. That's just not the way that NHL coaches really do things nowadays, but we'll see. And you know, if he can't, Kevin Rooney... Waiting in the wings. And and I'll tell you, I I feel for Kevin Rooney because he has been a huge, huge part of this Rangers team this entire season. And now just as it's getting getting good and getting fun, he's on the lineup. But that's obviously the way it goes. But I think that Kevin Rooney will have an extra jump in his step if he gets to draw into the lineup and you know he's a center, he'll go back on the fourth line. Barkley Goodrow will go up to the second line in between Panarin and Cop. And it really shouldn't be that much of a downgrade. It really shouldn't. Because Kevin Rooney, Kevin Rooney's a workhorse. Kevin Rooney, he really, he, he's, he's similar to Tyler Mott in that way, where he plays with such energy and so hard. And he's also a, a great penalty killer. So
2: yeah, Molly, I don't have a problem with that at all. I like Kevin Rooney and it's not like Strom has been killing it out there. Yeah, Strom is capable of making some good plays, but it's not like he's been one of the star players in this series. So it wouldn't be the worst thing for Kevin Rooney to come in. He will come in and play a little more physical type of game. He'll play a little bit angry. And so I do, I have no problems with that at all now with Goodrow, he got hit in the ankle. Do you know if this is if it was the same foot as
1: same the exact ankle? all of us in the press box were like, Oh my God, how is he still walking? How, how is he still walking? I mean, it's really, it blows my mind. I can't even believe that he's playing. Like I can't even, if if the reports are true and if everything that we've heard is true and it was a fractured ankle, I mean, my God, I mean, he is playing and then, and then he takes a shot right to the same ankle, but he's, that's the thing about Farquhar Goudreau. He's still getting in front of the shots um, I think it was Andrew Cobb that was talking about it uh, after Game Three. He was like, he was like, after everything he's already went through, he was like, I mean, what a block, like, what a play by Barclay Goodrich to be willing to step in front of that without hesitation. I, I mean, just both him and uh, Ryan Ryan Lindgren, they just they're they're just the Rangers Warriors. That's that's all they've been calling them, and and that's what they are. And and Andrew Cobb said, you know, those are the types of guys that you can win with. Those are the types of guys you need to win with.
0: Goodrow had what everyone thought was a goal in the second period. That one that went to off, off the crossbar. I mean, how did that not go in? Oh, my goodness. That's the that's the difference in the game right there. All right. Larry Brooks is going to join us in a minute, guys. But what, what do we think for game four here in the rest of the series? Rangers up 2-1, game four Tampa Tuesday, Thursday back at the Garden. How do you see this series playing out?
1: I don't know. The Lightning looked like the champions. They look like the champions in game three. And, you know, if they can keep that going, the Rangers might be in trouble. But if the Rangers can just keep skating with them and and steal one here, they can close it out at the Garden. And and that'll be it.
2: I see it as uh, two teams that are evenly matched. It does come down to goaltending. For the Rangers, they're going to be well aware that uh, they want to play five-on-five hockey. to want to take bad penalties. So if they can stay away from taking bad penalties, play them five-on-five. Uh, get that early goal. Really important. But I'm I'm seeing a confidence in the Rangers right now in their playing, their playmaking. That they're not intimidated by the Lightning. They know they can beat them. They have beaten them. So and they and they will also know if they can find a way to win this next game, it's three-one going back to the garden. It's a game where Gerard Golan going to be telling these guys, look, at, we go up 3-1, we can win the series. And so they're going to be all fired up. And all the pressure's on the lightning. It's still going to be on the lightning. I think they're still in a little bit of panic mode because they feel like the Rangers have the advantage. And so if the Rangers can come off, have a good start, get that first goal, I'm believing the Rangers are going to win the next game.
0: Rangers in five. Switch up or seven. One of the two. All right, let's bring in now the post, Larry Brooks, next right here on Up in the Blue Seats.
1: I think he's just the epitome of not being a one trick pony. Hockey Hall of Fame, Rangers beat writer at The Post, to Larry Brooks.
3: I, I think there's room for different styles. There's room for different resumes.
1: Are you sick of me after spending three straight days in the car next to this face? <laughs>
3: it was a rather pleasant experience, I have to say. Because you've been doing this, what, for over 40 years. It's an important part of the experience to understand the fabric of a team. Giving Henrik Lundqvist his nickname is, is one of the coolest things in my entire career. he
0: blames or gives credit to you for that nickname so there you go (laughs)
2: yeah okay well lara i'm in agreement with you no (laughs) okay (laughs) it was great to get to know brooksy and he became part of my journey you know he was there every day
3: one year the islanders gave out bathrobes that uh, lasted for about a game. <laughs> you know, guys were walking around in their was like, what, what is this? We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. All
1: right. Can we ask Larry a, a yeah. hockey question? We- it's
3: a two part answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: yes. Welcome in the great Larry Brooks. You can follow him at NYP underscore Brooksy. Read him at NYPost.com in the physical copy of the paper and at Post Sports Plus. First question, Larry, are you excited to go jet skiing with me later?
3: <laughs> it is. A, it, it will be a dream come true.
1: I'm excited. I don't know about you. It's going to oh, be a yeah, good time. I am,
3: excited. You know, I, I am excited. This may very well be my last appearance on, on this show, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing a whole New York sports writer outing. We're all going together. It's going to be a really great time. And uh, maybe we'll have some fun stories to tell you. On the next episode, and hopefully Larry will still be here for his weekly segment. So, Larry, what's the most notable adjustment you think the Rangers have to make to win Game Four? Well,
3: they've got to have the puck. <laughs> I think that's, I, and and I think honestly, you know, you have to give Tampa Bay credit for Game Three. They came harder at the Rangers. They were more physical against the Rangers than they had been in the first two games. They were their marquee guys were much better than they had been at the garden and they outplayed the Rangers marquee guys, you know, other than the goaltender. I mean, it's just Durkin, you know, had a uh, marvelous game. And uh, Vasilevsky was better than he had been in the garden, but he wasn't tested nearly enough. But honestly, really, what the Rangers need to do is is get the puck in deep. It's, you know, it's like, I, I sound like these players just spouting these cliches, but, but they're true. You know, they have to get the puck in. They have to work the puck low. They, they have to spend some time in the Tampa zone. And the only line that did that on Sunday was uh, the kid line. And, you know, it's as if they go out, those three kids, those three players go out and their intention every time is to get the puck in deep. I mean, you can see that that's what they're doing. You know, they they are not dangling at the blue line. They're out of their own end pretty quickly. Most of the time they get it through the neutral zone and they, and they get it in and they go to work. The transformation in, in Philip Heedle's game. I and mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's not only his, the level of his production, it's the way he is winning battles. And when you add Philip Heedle winning battles to Caco who can win battles and Lafreniere who wins battles, you got three guys who are really hungry and, and very difficult to move off the puck when they have it. So the fourth line yesterday, um, I thought had a couple of very, very good. Uh, shifts in in the first, but other than that, the Rangers just didn't have much much zone time at all. And and you know that's what they they need to do. They they need to get back to a more disciplined game. They were they're were in the box a little bit too much. I think you can quibble with um, certainly one of the calls against Truba, but you know they they just were not disciplined enough. They just were not good enough on on their details. The Critter's advantage Jed connection just has to be a little bit better. And I don't want to make them into scapegoats every time they play poorly in the Rangers lose a game it's not fair you know they each scored on Sunday they've each got 10 goals um they're having big time playoffs but the Rangers need them and they're going to need to come up with a, a more um I think uh effort tomorrow the, you know it's it's interesting about that line they do have trouble when they're when they're matched up against checking lines <laughs> the, the, the opposition only wants to stop them which is what is doing now at home but they thrive when they're you know, playing power on power. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, they, they just have to be better. Vitrano has to be better. Panarin has to be better. Fox did not have a, a particularly good game. So they just have to be better in game four pretty much in every facet, I think.
1: When Ryan Strome left the game, Philip Hedl replaced him on the top power play unit. Do you think that's the right move or should someone like Alexi take that take that spot?
3: Well, I like the way Hedl uh, played. He played in, in, in the bumper role I thought he was having the best game of of the three and I thought I thought that was um, yeah I think that's appropriate that's that's what I would um, imagine we'd see tomorrow night but um, if Strom's not playing but um, you know if, if Strom's not playing that that certainly changes the dynamic a little bit um, I would imagine uh, Rooney would go in and Cop would play you know center but and maybe then Goodrill moves up on the second line so yeah but I I, I think using Uh, Philip here on the uh, first power play unit was the right move.
2: Larry, what do you make of the um, lightning strategy is to get into Shosturkin's crease, his face, uh, throw him off his game. Do you think too much is made of this or is this just really part of the game? part of playoff hockey, you go after the best player. Do you think too much is made out of this? Because I know you've talked about it before. You want to protect the goaltenders. Uh, Do you think it's fair game to be able to throw a goaltender off his
3: game? Well, (laughs) all's fair and love in the playoffs, right? You know about both, right? Yes. I I don't think that there's been an effort to hurt Shesterkin, but I think there's an effort to bump him and get him off his game. And, and, and listen, he's been hit. But the one thing you, you've noticed about Igor is he knows how to play it too. And when he goes down, he goes down with a purpose. And I'm not sure that it's always to draw a penalty. I'm not, I'm not, I, I think it's to give him time. He has never rushed, never. And when he takes a couple of hits, you know, there, there are times where he will you know, go down in pretty dramatic fashion. And you know, he will just stay there. Until he's ready to get up, I understand why the Rangers are going to make this an issue with the league. I, w- I would do that too, and if I were Tampa Bay, I would say, "Listen, this is just this is just hockey. We're going hard to the net." Listen, I, I do think on most goaltender interference calls, they you know most of them are in a gray area. I think you know some that are that are obvious, but I think a lot are in a gray area because defensemen. You know, because when when players put their shoulder down and they're driving to the net and defenseman you know gives them a little bit of a nudge, they really have no place else to go if, if they're driving the net. So I don't think it's dirty hockey. I don't think it's anything to be outraged about. So, Larry, as I'm watching the game, there's there's
2: uh, two players that stand out to me because of they've made a difference, two new players, Vetrano and Mott. On two separate lines, I think where they've made a difference is their speed, how they push the play, how quick they are on the puck, how quick they are to go uh, on the back check. Are you noticing that? Because it's to me, it's a different team because when they're loose pucks and you need guys that play not only with speed, but they play with passion also. I see those guys, although they're not, they may not be the better players on the ace, but their speed or tenacity really make a difference.
3: Yeah, well, listen, I, I think Tyler Mott has been a revelation since he's come over and i think it'd be very you know it, it would be important if the rangers could find the way to sign him and keep him for next year i think he adds that element of speed like you said to the fourth line but he also he hits and he hits with purpose you know i mean when, when you're hit by tyler mott you know it i love what tyler mott has brought to the rangers i think vetrano um i think vetrano's speed and his shoot men, you know his shoot first mentality has been um has been a complimentary add to Kreider and zibanejad i think i think his game i I think he's a little more inconsistent in his game than Mott is because I think Mott's game is a little more simple. Um, you know, he's got one task, you know, get, get it in and, and, and go to work and bang around and the terrific penalty killer. But Toronto's game, I think, you know, goes up and down. Uh, it was interesting to me that yesterday he was he was playing at the end, and and Gallant was was playing it straight at the end of the tie game. He wasn't you know he wasn't sitting guys out. Maybe some of that was because Strom was was not available to him, and he already had a short bench, and he didn't want to cut it down too more too much more, but. Yeah, I, I think listen, when when Betrano is playing, when he's on his game, he adds that element to that to the line. I think the Rangers speed is, is certainly an advantage they have over Tampa at this point, because Tampa has skilled guys, obviously. They, they you know they, they have some of the best players in the league. But they're also a, a, you know, they're also a very physical team. So it's not that they just added physical players a few years ago when they realized that's what they were missing. I mean, th- that's become a large part of their identity. You know, even though it's, you know, Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Kucherov, you know, these these great players, Braden Point when he's when he's uh, healthy, Victor Hedman. We know, you know, <laughs> we're talking about future hall of famers you know a number of them so they are a tough team to to win one-on-one battles against they're they're a tough team because they come at you all the time that's that's what i see right now the Rangers' speed against you know tampa's maybe physical play
2: so larry you're the one that um in our prediction before the series started you said rangers and seven both molly and i went against that with what you've seen so far could it be something different? Could be Rangers in six.
3: If someone asks you, what do you think we're going to see in Game Four? What do you? What are your thoughts? You know, I'm not sure. I think. And on one hand, you take a look at yesterday, and the Rangers up two nothing. You know, halfway through the game, they, you have your shot. You know, you're up two nothing in the series. You're up two nothing in the game. If you score one more, you might clinch this thing. They let their. They let a shot get away. They did. They. They had a shot. They let. They let this one get away. On the other hand, they didn't play particularly well. They. You know, they played hard. They didn't play particularly well. And Tampa was as at its most desperate and was still a tie game, you know, going to the final minute of regulation. So you can say, well, if the Rangers play better, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be able to win. I think every game's a toss up. I honestly do. I don't think Tampa's gained any more confidence because they won game three. I don't think the Rangers lost any confidence because they lost game three. I see every game now as, as, as a 50-50 battle. I think the Rangers could win in five, and I think the Rangers could lose in six. I don't think Tampa right now has an edge, in, you know, is, is superior. So I think, the you know, the Rangers have already erased that. They've, they've leveled the playing field, and now they just have to go about the very, very difficult business of knocking a champion out. You know, it's it's one thing to have a champion on the ropes. Um, it's another thing to knock the champion out and the Rangers are going to have a few more shots at it and they're going to have to be much better at it if they're going to take them out.
1: All righty. Thanks so much, Larry. And I'll see you when we're carving up the waves in the bay in Tampa Bay.
3: Oh, oh, see ya.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll chat again soon.
3: OK, see ya. But now it's like anything goes.
0: All right, Ron
3: and
1: Molly,
0: that says good night to episode 93, the Mika's Zibanejad edition. We finally made it of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post.
2: And so thank you, Jake and Andrew Hart's another good show, for producing this show. And I got to tell you, going into game four, I have a level of excitement because I believe, I really do believe in talking with Larry and Molly and all of us that the Rangers, the way they're playing with their confidence level, that. With Shisterkin and Ned, of course, if he stays healthy. We're going to assume he is. That they can beat the Lightning. And then after the Lightning, it's the finals. It's the Stanley Cup finals. And Molly had said it early, before the series started, before the playoffs started. Rangers can go down in four in the first round, or they could be in the finals. So here we are, Molly.
1: I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> you did say that. And for all the sh- that I got from everybody for saying Lightening 5, no, I will not. For all the that I got, I did say that I could see this team going to the Stanley Cup because I did and I still do, I still do. It's totally possible.
2: I would say there's a 60% chance that the rangers win this series and they're off to the finals when you look at who they'd be playing would be colorado colorado can score goals so can the rangers the rangers have a better goaltender than colorado and so it's doable fans folks it is doable the rangers could win the stanley cup this year not next year their following year this year they're in a position right now if they stay healthy that they can win the Stanley Cup. It's real. And then Molly will be riding high in Colorado for the
0: Stanley Cup Finals. Molly, I would love to see you in the streets of Denver, Colorado. Good times would be had there. It'd be a destination finals for so many reasons. And man, just, I mean, Ron, you were there in 94. Just... We can't listen. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But the thought of the floats and a parade in the streets of New York after this pandemic that we've been through for years here would not only raise the city economically, but just spiritually. You know, I I feel in the streets after these games, Central Park, the watch parties the Rangers have been putting on have been awesome with the views. Bryant Park
2: will be there tomorrow night for that watch party. This city needs it and it would be pretty special. It's not long in the distance. It's now. It could happen now. They win tomorrow night. I believe they win on Thursday night. It's
0: either gonna be Thursday night celebration, a Saturday night, or there's a game seven Tuesday. If that happens and they win, you know, work is canceled on Wednesday for all of New York City. For Andrew Hartz, Ron Dugay, Molly Walker, I'm Jake Brown. We will return after game five on Thursday. Stay tuned for that episode. Make sure you follow us all on social media. Stay tuned. For that, but enjoy game four Tuesday. Enjoy game five at the Garden on Thursday, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Up in the Blue Seats. He saw your wholesome side. He didn't see your your party (laughs) side as much. (laughs)